like it anyway. You know you've made it. Oh, see. <laughs> you know you've made it. <laughs> Hi, this is Will Farrell, and it's my first time here. Uh, where are we again? Wrexham. And uh, I was really excited to see the match, and um, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little nervous. Live and underway here on ESPN Plus alongside Hercules Gomez. I'm Sebastian Salazar. What do we see there, Herc, off the top? That's like Will Ferrell look kind of like you when you're trying to set up a Zoom at home with your anti-tech ways. You, you know better than that. We've actually got you on tape trying to set yourself up. It, it's it's comical. But what, how you doing, Seb? Good to see you. Good, good. Uh, you ready for the show, which is sandwiched, of course, between Super Bowl Sunday uh, and Valentine's Day. What did you do for the, for the big uh, American football game? Uh, I watched I know it. you didn't have the Chiefs, right, with your Raiders ways. No, I went for Philly, but I mm. I kind of knew, I, I had a feeling that it'd be the Chiefs. But okay. what do you want from me? I, I, I took the Chiefs in a teaser, the Chiefs in the over, so you know I, I was very comfortable with that one. I'm going to let that ride, by the way, on a She Believes Cup parlay. But I'll give that out at the uh, at the very end of the show because we got a lot coming up her, in this show. Mauricio Pedrosa, moments away from joining us. We're going to talk about Diego Coca, of course, now officially installed as the new manager of the Mexican national team. Herc, you had some homework. We had you pick your top five CONCACAF attackers. Not strikers, CONCACAF attackers. Of Jesse the moment. Marsh. Yes, of the moment. Of the moment. In this moment, literally today, Jesse Marsh, Herc, Linked with Southampton, another Premier League job. We will discuss that. Plus a fun interview with Jerdan Shakiri, uh, one of the many folks that we talked to at MLS Media Day. But let's start with what we discussed, Herc, last Thursday, which is now official. Diego Coca, the 50-year-old Argentine who had been in charge of Tigres in Liga Mekis, will take over as manager of the Mexican national team, replacing Tata Martino. Coca won back-to-back League titles with Atlas, also managed at Santos and Cholos in Liga Mekis, as well as clubs in Argentina and Colombia. He does have zero, or zero international experience, but I'll get some here with L3. First day on the job, and Coca already talking expectations. Es que la, la obligación eh, es, es ganar, eso está claro. Eh, pero mi forma de pensar es que vamos a tener una manera para ganar. Y si respetamos la, la manera que vamos a tener para ganar, vamos a tener muchas más chances de ganar. Entonces cuando el jugador entienda eso y crea en eso, eh, nos vamos a hacer un equipo competitivo. Y eso es lo que quiero llegar a formar. There he is, Diego Coca, new manager of the Mexican national team, talking about the obligation to win and the obligation to win now. Speaking of now. Now the time to welcome Mauricio Pedrosa to the show. Of course, you know him from Ahora o Nunca. Hey, uh, Mau, how was the Ahora o Nunca Super Bowl party, dude? I didn't get the invite. Uh, well, mm. I didn't. I mm. didn't get the invite. <laughs> My guess it was it was amazing because I was not yes. there. If there was Super Bowl party, that I was not invited of my own show. I don't. I don't think you missed much, Sebi. Mm -hmm. I don't think you missed mm -hmm. much. Some of us worked yeah. during the Super Bowl, Sebi. Yes. 
It was lost in the mail with your uh, with your Eagles pick there, Mal. That's that's where it was. Why? That's where it was. Why? Wow! Wow! Over the top rope. Why? Mal, let's get uh, let's get your reaction to what we just heard there from Diego Coca, now in charge of El Tri. Uh, do you believe that he is indeed obligated to pull the Concacaf double this summer, Gold Cup and Nations League, to keep his job? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, let me put it this way. Diego Coca, the moment he took over the Mexican national team, there was a lot, a lot of people, not only in the media, but also former managers, former coaches, former players, who were not happy with his appointment as the new manager. So when you show up with so much negativity in front of you, you have to win. And remember this, some of the Mexican national team insiders leaked the information that uh, the executives of the Federación Mexicana de Fútbol wanted to include a clause in the contract that stated that if the manager didn't deliver results, they were going to be able to uh, break up the contract without having to pay anything for it. Mm. So what does that tell us? That is telling us that they do envision a scenario in which if Diego Coca doesn't work in the first months, they're going to have to go to the bullpen and then call whoever is up next. Miguel Herrera, uh, Guillermo Almada. So if I'm Diego Coca right now, I'm thinking, I have to win Nations League and I definitely have to win the Gold Cup if I want to be the manager long term. Mm. Yeah, Which is the priority, Mal? Which is the priority? Quickly. I would say, oh man, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. I would say both. Mm. I would say, I mean, at this point, you cannot afford to lose again within the region. Because when that happened, that mm. was the beginning of the end for Tata Martino. Go on, Herc. Yeah, very quickly, why is this of importance? Because credit ran out. Tata Martino literally ran you through the door. No more credit. You can't lose a single game to the U.S. And the only time you're going to play the U.S. would be in a final in these two instances. Uh, what Mao's talking about is actually true. Our very own Rafa Ramos reported that every single manager that was a candidate for this job mm -hmm. had the same contract offer. With that clause, that they were obligated to win the CONCACAF Nations League and the Gold Cup. If not, they can rescind the contract without pay. Christian Bragarnik, the new owner of Mexican football, this agent who happens to be Diego Coca's agent, managed to exclude that. So with excluding this, there is no more. You have to win this now. Technically, he doesn't. In the eyes of the public, he absolutely does. Mao is 100% spot on on this one. If you don't win both of them, he could be on his way out. Yeah. I mean, if that's the expectation, he's in trouble. I look back at the last Gold Cup and the last Nations League, Mexico went 0 for 2. So if the expectation is that he's going to turn them both around, he's in trouble. And I got to tell you what, guys. 2026 feels like a long way away for Diego Coca, right? Yeah. There's a hurdle. Gold Cup 2023, Nations League is a hurdle. Copa America 2024 is going to be a hurdle. Gold Cup 2025 is going to be a tough hurdle. Each of those ones, if he falls at any of those, you know there's going to be pressure on him. And the new uh, Confed Cup, whatever their name's going to be, of add course. that one in there. And you know the expectations being either on yeah. home soil or in the United States effectively home soil yeah. are going to be high. I mean, you probably got to get to a semifinal of Copa America if you even survive this summer. Yeah. You probably got to get to a semifinal of the Gold Cup with these, with these teams from all over the world. Now, that's not going to be easy. No, it's not going to be easy. And remember, no qualifiers. Mm -hmm. that, that was the standard, right? 
if you if you if you do bad in Gold Cup, Nations League, friendlies, whatever, that was okay. The moment things started going south during qualifiers, that's what we thought. All right, change may come. No, with no qualifiers in the horizon, now. I'm not going to say every game matters, but every tournament matters because that's going to be the bar uh, to which we're going to measure the success or failure for Diego Coca. So some, some tend to believe that no qualifiers is an advantage for him. I think the opposite. I think it's a disadvantage because, again, not every game, but every tournament matters. All right, let's get to three questions. And these three questions are going to be preceded by three sound bites. The first is from Diego Coca, and it's about a potential generational shift for the Mexican national team. Here it is. Es momento de que Diego Coca encuentre el cambio generacional en el futbolista mexicano. No lo sé. Está abierta la selección para los jugadores que quieran adaptarse y que quieran dar lo máximo. No me interesa la edad. No pasa por la edad. Pasa por el compromiso y por la capacidad. All right, Mao. Generational change or something else? What should be Coca's first priority in charge of El Tri? I don't think generational change has to be his number one priority, but it has to make his list of the top three priorities for the Mexican national team. He is right. Quality is the number one element we have to consider when someone is going to be called up to the Mexican national team, not age. But the problem is, and we stated this even before the World Cup started, once we knew the list of 26 players that Tata Martino called for the World Cup, and we said, we said, no player under 26 will be a part of, Mexicans, of the Mexican national team in the World Cup in 2026, which is a problem. Now, again, is that his priority? I don't, I don't think so. And that hasn't really been him in the Mexican League. Mm. Under Diego Coca, no player made his first division debut. He was going for the more consummate players. I don't want to say experienced or old players, but that was not his priority. Santos, Cholos, or Atlas. But he has to take into consideration that players like Hector Herrera, Hector Moreno, Andres Guardado want to be around, but probably shouldn't be around. That's his top priority. Uh, let's not beat around the bush. Um, it doesn't matter how we got here, Tata Martino, mm -hmm. but we are here. And being here means that of the 26-man roster that went to Qatar, 10 of those players are of age 35 years or older. Okay? 10 of those players are already in their 30s. I'm sorry, 10 of those players are in their 30s, Five of those players, 35 years or older. Those players being likes of Memo Ochoa, Hector Herrera, uh, Hector Moreno. Uh, you want to go into players that are... Guardado. Menes, Guardado. They're mainstays. They're mm. pillars of this Mexican national team. And I'm not even talking about Tecatito Corona, who's also in his 30s and would be well into his 30s come next World Cup. Oh, and don't forget that Luis Chavez, 27 year right now, okay? Chucky Lozano, 27. <laughs> Eric Gutierrez, 27. Will all be 30 come next World Cup. They didn't exactly leave you a blueprint of who's to follow, what's to come, and how to get there. So this is why his number one priority has to be this generational shift. You didn't mention Henry Martin, by the way. Henry Martin as well. I mean, if the number one priority is your generational shift, though, Herc, then doesn't that mean there's less importance in winning Gold Cup in Nations League? 
You yeah, see I the contradiction I there? Those, I didn't put those oh, no, barriers down. No, no, I'm not down. saying you did it, but you see the contradiction there, right? Like, if, if we're going to make it Coca's first priority, then you've got to cut them some slack in these tournaments that are coming up here in 2023. Let's move on. Let's talk about styles, shall we? Playing styles. Diego Coca, on what to expect for his Mexican national team. Let's listen in. Todos los, los proyectos que terminan bien o, o terminan con éxito tienen una manera, una forma. Yo no me ato a una forma en específico. Iré viendo el jugador, la capacidad, de qué manera podemos eh, ser, ser competitivos y cuál es la forma. La mejor forma y el mejor sistema. Lo iremos viendo partido tras partido. Pero está claro que es siendo protagonista... Eh, presionando, jugando para adelante, eh, yendo a buscar el rival y buscando la manera de ganar. Now it's the age-old question: Does style matter? What do you think? Absolutely not. It does not matter at this point because what is this style, right? Does it always have to be the same style? One of the first answers that we heard from Diego Coca, he was talking about the way he knows how to work, the way he knows how to win. He never said he was pretty, but he's effective. And I, and I would, every single day of the week and every single week and go with being effective than trying to be pretty and losing games. And I think that's what happened in the end with Tata Martino. He was so stubborn with only this one way of playing that he never realized that the players that he had in hand needed a different style of play. I'm sure you guys talked already about the way Diego Coca won two back-to-back -back titles at Atlas. Was it pretty? No, it was not. Was it effective? Yes, it was. That is exactly what I want for the Mexican national team. Doesn't matter if it's not pretty. Priority number one is winning. Even if it means parking the bus playing the counter-attack and winning 1-0 every single game. You know, that's funny to me because I'm sitting next to two guys right now that would swear winning doesn't matter, but complain when Argentina... Winning is the only thing that matters. Winning is the only thing that matters, yeah. Then complain when they play Argentina in a World Cup and mm -hmm. Tata Martino sets them up to park the bus False equivalence. and defend False. You, you know exactly and play what a vertical you're doing. system. Not that's not Diego Coca is the guy rich. that does this Diego Coca is the guy that does this every single now, week. Tata Martina never did it, Herc. Well, Diego Coca is telling you he's not going to play that way. Diego Coca is telling you he's going to play. Diego Coca is telling you he's going to play to what he has at his disposal. Okay, so doesn't necessarily mean he's going to play that way. Now, you guys know this very well. We've seen the Mexican national team play at home, Estadio Azteca, and even though they win, they go out with booze. Why? Because the team doesn't play up to their potential. This fan base, mm -hmm. the way they're accustomed to playing well, and if they win ugly and not convincing, you don't mm -hmm. think that pressure is going to mount? Nope. I know what you're saying, that winning is all that matters, but yes. I don't think that's all that matters with the Mexican fan base. You have to win a certain way. Quickly, Mal. The big problem with Tata Martino is that he sold us on a different idea. If Diego Coca, from day one, lets us know, listen, this is the best way for us to start winning games. And this is the way we're going to build this team to win games. It ain't going to be pretty, but it's going to work. Fan, the moment the fan realizes that, they're going to be okay. 
Tata Martino betrayed an idea. Mm. And that's why people kept giving him, you know what, because of what he did. But <laughs> if Diego Coca is honest from day one, this is the way we're going to play and this is the way we want to win, we're going to be fine with that. Tata Martino, Juan Carlos Osorio, Miguel Herrera, Chepo, the list goes on and on. It's always the same thing. Style of play matters, not in the way Mexican fans think. Style of play matters in that you need to be defensive. Again, we learned it this past <laughs> World Cup. Playing al 2 por 2 does you nothing if you're going out there on a 16. Learn from Morocco, people. This, this Preach, son, from Morocco. All right, last up here on three questions. The topic that has loomed over the Mexican national team for years at this point, Javier Chicharito Hernandez. Does he have a future with El Tri? Here's Diego Coca. Javier Hernández, ¿está para volver a la selección mexicana? Te vuelvo a repetir, si cumple los requisitos que yo quiero, yo no voy a, a poner ni nombres ni edades, ni para él ni para nadie. Sí, te lo pregunté porque mucho se ha hablado de si está vetado o no está vetado, si pasó algo en el proceso anterior o no con Javier. Por eso no sé si dentro de tu proyecto está o estuvo el sentarte a platicar con, con Javier. Es que, ¿sabes cuándo firmé mi contrato en la selección mexicana? Hace dos horas. Estoy empezando. La selección está abierta para todos. All right, Mau. Should Diego Coca bring back Javier Chicharito Hernández? <laughs> I mean... Why are you laughing? Show some respect for the legend. Why are you laughing? How old is Chicharito going to be? 35 in the summer. 35 in the summer. Goals count if, the same no matter your age. If he huh? has, if he has a true. similar tournament, a similar season to the one he had mm -hmm. in 2022, then yes, Chicharito Hernández should be the third option for Diego Coca as the number nine in the Mexican national team. Number one is Henry Martin. Number two, Santiago Jimenez. Number three would be a good option to have Javier Hernández around. We have no idea how Raúl Jimenez is going to look like. But problem is the way he answered that question. Because it would have been super easy just to go, yeah, of course. He's the number one scorer in the history of the Mexican national team. Why wouldn't I want to have him? Still active, still playing. He's, gonna, he's about to start the season with the Galaxy. But to the very good follow-up from Mauricio Imai, he still just runs in circles and doesn't want to address the question, to, which I believe is, is discouraging for Javier Hernandez. Should he be a part of this process? I want to say yes. Will he? I don't think he plays another game with the Mexican national team. I think he's done. Mm. I think that Vito still exists over Javier Hernandez, regardless of the manager. You know, one of the saddest things for this Mexican national team is the fact that players like Santiago Jimenez missed out on this World Cup. Carlos Acevedo missed out on this World Cup because of a coach's terquedad, because he was so hard-headed he couldn't see that he had to bring up the next generation. Now that's a lost generation. If you keep Javier Hernandez, regardless of how well Javier Hernandez does, Santiago Jimenez is leading the Europa League. He's scoring goals in Eredivisie. Yes, yes. Henry Martinez is the best of his Let's life. Go. Funes Mori scoring goals again. And, and listen, Julio Furch, who is a Diego Coca oh favorite, will soon have a Mexican passport. <laughs> now. Oh, man. To Regardless not, if you like it or not, those are just the options. Can of worms. Those are Don't just the options. There. But those are the options. And if you're telling me at 35 years old, it's worth it to reintroduce a player. Yes like Javier Hernandez into this program, I don't think it is. I think you need to move on, for better or worse. You need to move on right now. Bring me 
Goals. Of course you should bring Chicharito back if, as Mal points out, he's still scoring goals with the LA Galaxy. You bring him back, not in a starting role, not in a starting role. I don't think I agree with you, Mal, that Henry Martin is a starter. I want to build Henry around Santiago Jimenez. Yeah, yeah. Put some respect but, on Santi's name. But we got to at least bring Chicharito back. Come on, we yeah. can bring him back he as a third represented by Christian Bregarnik? No, right? Chicharito oh, weighs Hercules Gomez. It's All right, well, Mauricio no, Pedrosa, great to have you with us here on Football Americas. Thanks, as always, for the time. Sorry about your Super Bowl pick. Can't get them all right, yeah? Gracias, boys. We'll see you soon. <risa> ¿Qué rollo, carnal? ¿Cómo estás? ¿Qué onda, güey? Ya, ya llegué. Ya estamos aquí en Tijuana, ¿eh? Me tiró el rato. Bienvenido a Tijuana. UFC star Brandon Moreno there giving me welcome to Miguel Piojo Herrera, who returns as manager of Club Tijuana. Where he previously coached between 2015 and 2017. Herrera, of course, had been a candidate for Mexico's vacant national team position, which he held in 2013 through 2015. Herc, it's your favorite coach going to your favorite club. You're very happy, yes? Uh, it's funny how that worked out. <laughs> Look at that. You remove Miguel Herrera from the equation, put the coach you want, eliminate opposition, and get him to go to one of the uh, owners of the committee. Mm. Diwas, is that what they, uh, they call it there? Okay, more Charlos news. The club has signed Canadian forward Lucas Cavallini, who was last with the Vancouver Whitecaps. Here's his comments comparing MLS to Liga Mekis. They're different. I played in both. Here in Mexico, the play is more dynamic, faster, more technical. It's how football should be played. MLS is growing into a more competitive league, but Mexico will always be Mexico. Herc, is he wrong? Does he deserve to get lost? Um, it's just like one of those si, pero no. Mm -hmm. Like, there are some truths to what he's speaking. Yes, I would say Liga Mekis is more technical. Is it more fast? of a league? No, not necessarily. Mm -hmm. Is every pitch you play on going to be of where you can play proper football at the speed of play, which you want to play? No, and he's going to find that out very soon playing in that stadium, say, Estadio Caliente. Now, you have to be very careful when you say these things because, yes, he's played in both, but what type of success did you have in both? Because mm. it could come across as sour grapes. Now, he's yes. a player that did, I would say, well in, in Puebla. Not for Liga yes. Mekis, but in Puebla, his highest, mm -hmm. goal, his highest scoring season was eight goals in 2018. Okay? Uh, with like 15, 1,400 minutes. That's a good season for playing in Puebla. Mm -hmm. Yes. But in three years as a DP, he scored 18 goals in three years as a DP for Vancouver, which was not a good situation for anybody in Vancouver. Club so, record signing, too. Club record signing. So you have to be very careful because this could be misconstrued in a certain type of way. But if it works for you... Go back there. Do I think it'll work for him at Tijuana with Miguel Herrera? No, not necessarily. I, I don't know if those two brands would mix. The difference between Liga Mekis and MLS, however you want to cut it, is minimal, right? And his right. quote here makes it seem like it's everything. It's technical. It's speed of play. It's speed of the players. I mean, that can't possibly be right. To your point, I think it might be a little bit of bitterness. If we, if we look up the numbers... Vancouver had an option to bring him back on a pretty healthy salary. Sounds like bitterness. I didn't say mm -hmm. he was bitter because he went sounds into a situation like, like Vancouver. It sounds like you're bashing an ex. Oh, my ex was terrible. Yeah. They were awful. They were the exactly. worst. Where I'm going is, is amazing. It's the best. It's, yeah, okay. He had a $1.5 million option this year. I'm sure he would have loved to have uh, Vancouver pick that up. Yeah. They declined to pick it up the day after he was announced as part of the Canadian World Cup roster. So that's... Herc, where I think maybe, maybe Listen, there's a little I bit of I love all my rates. exes. Cholos was good to me. Yeah, Cholos, I bet. 
I, I, I love what they gave me down in yes, the South the Bay. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Steady. Steady. All right. So Lucas Cavallini there with some controversial comments. The same could be said about our good friend Luca De La Torre on the difference between playing in Europe, where relegation exists, and MLS. Quote, the best thing about European football is promotion and relegation and that every game matters. It is life or death, a final, and there is a lot of pressure. In MLS being closed, that doesn't happen. I can't imagine playing without that pressure. Having that pressure changes the way you compete, the desire to win games grows, and you play a different style of football. For me, they are almost two different sports. Herc, LDLT with some shots fired at MLS. Are they warranted? Well, I don't know about shots fired. It's a reality. Warranted? You, you don't yeah. think it's a shot fired? It's no, a no, different no. sport, he says. Well, it's a reality. I mean, it's closed off. So he's talking mm -hmm. about life and death. Why would he be speaking about life and death when talking about a game? Because essentially that's what pro-rel can be to you. Mm -hmm. It can be life. If you are promoted, it is life for your team. It is life for yourself. It is a good bill of life when it comes to making more money, yeah. when it comes to sprouting up a community, making that community stronger. Uh, all the endless possibilities that come with promotion. That is life. Mm. The possibilities is life. But it is also death. And he knows this very well because he was with Heracles in the Eredivisie mm -hmm. when, well, guess what? They were relegated. Yep. And when but he's he not complaining. He's saying he loved it. Well, it may have cost him. He may have loved it. But if you think about it, it may have cost him a start in the World Cup. Right? He had to go test out the waters. He had to go to Celta. He had to go to fight. Mm -hmm. He didn't play in the World Cup. Like, I'm not saying it would have happened if he was a Heracles, but he was in a good situation there. He was a good player for him, an important player, and he was playing regularly. Now, when you get relegated, that can be death. It's exciting. I've been there. The fight. It feels like you're playing for something. Every game yes. matters. This is true. But when you get relegated, and I'm not defending Major League Soccer, there is death that comes with it. Death in the form of you are now less valuable. That's just a fact. You're not a first division player anymore. Your stock goes down. You make less. Those around you, and I'm not just talking about the players, make less as well. Communities can die with this. We talk about the life all the time, but we never talk about what relegation brings the teams that actually go down. It's part of the process, and I love it. I am here for it. But this is why he's saying it's different, and it's a different sport for Major League Soccer. Nothing's going to happen if you yep. lose last place in Major League Soccer. If you don't make the playoffs, you're still going to be there the next day. Ownership, players, communities, the people that work in said teams, it's just a reality. That's why he's saying it's two different sports. It really is. But it doesn't mean it's a good thing. And I love Pro-Rel. His taste of it was yeah. good. Yeah. I think the question here is about, like, impact on the national team, right? Because we talk about it with Liga MX, getting rid of relegation, and we've heard the comments that – not having relegation can take some of the urgency out of the regular season games. I agree. And then we see that in Liga Mekis where you add more and more playoffs. We see it now being done in MLS. So it just feels like those regular season games, they really do start to mean less and less and less. And when you have a less competitive Herc, domestic player, it would figure that even if most of your players are playing in Europe, they might have started in that less competitive space. So you're going to have a less competitive national team. I, I truly believe in the competitive value of promotion relegation. And Luca De La Torre, who's been a victim of it, right? You said he went yeah. down with Heracles. Maybe it cost him minutes at the World Cup. He's telling you that there's a huge value here. I hope, I hope, Herc. I hope that USL finally does it. I hope that USL it doesn't does matter, what, Seb. Does they, what MLS doesn't does do it, and gives it us a little, gives us a little promotion there. It's not, I want it. 
I want I it. I love USL because it would show that it would make things exciting, but it's still, mm-hmm. there's a ceiling there. Mm-hmm. Now, it may be an unfair ceiling, but there's still a ceiling there. Now, Luca's telling you that he loves it and, and mm-hmm. that it's a different sport, and I believe it. That's why I'm saying it's not shots fired. But okay. it doesn't change the fact for Luca. Yeah. It's his reality. For Major League Soccer, it's their reality. Now, I don't like it, but it is the reality. You know why I, I kind of think shots fired here? I'm also thinking about the fact that Luca Della Torre, who played in promotion relegation leagues and then was in La Liga, didn't play a single minute at the World Cup, Herc. And you know guys from what league played a lot in the World Cup for the U.S. team? Tell me. Major League Soccer. I just wonder if Luca Della Torre, seeing those guys Qué mal pensado who play in MLS... Eres un mal pensado. Am I crazy, though? I mean, yes, I am crazy. Am I crazy with this? Listen, no, man, no. There, no, there are a few no. players in that pool as confident uh-huh. as Luca, and as free-speeched as Luca. Luca exactly. is calculated. He doesn't exactly. just put things out there. Exactly. Remember, when Greg Berhalter said, you're not driving enough, Luca De La Torre went to Twitter and posted a compilation of him driving the ball upfield more. So there you go. Nothing that Luca De La no Torre does. No bigger Luca backer than myself, and I lost a bet because of it. Exactly. Is without intent. Some intent behind those comments as well. No Celta until uh, Saturday, your next chance to see Luca de la Torre. We got La Liga on ESPN Plus on Wednesday. Real Madrid against Elche. Coverage starts at 3 p.m. Eastern time right here on ESPN Plus. Do not miss it. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Herc, I gotta ask, are you cool with it? What? This, Malik Tillman scoring against Partick Thistle in the Scottish Cup. Thistle trying to give the ball back to Rangers. And Malik Tillman takes advantage of it. Herc, it's kind of in that uh, gray zone of sportsmanship. Here you see the moments before the goal, and here you see the moment where Tillman takes the ball and scores the goal. Okay, look at the players. Look at the opposition. They almost all stop. Mm-hmm. They, they don't really understand, like, why is he doing this? And then Tillman scores, and it goes in. Now, there is no actual law against this. This of is course. fair play, okay? It, it's a gesture. For, for the spirit of the game, in the spirit of the game, I have no problem with it because, well, there are consequences to it. What consequences? A retaliation like this. Uh, this was a very heated game. 
I actually think the coach handled it well. Mm -hmm. It turned out being a great thing. He, he spoke about it, explained how Tillman, he thought Tillman was confused. I, I honestly buy all that. Yes, yes. Now, now, this is why I'm cool with it. One, there is no law. Two, be better, defend better. It, you, you, it's, it's all tactical here. Yes. Uh, and three, at the end of the day, everything was resolved. It didn't affect the play. And, and I think it was a confusion. As you can see, and as you mentioned, Rangers manager had his team concede in the spirit of fair play. Hurt, do you know who ends up getting the game-winning goal to put Rangers through to the quarterfinals in this game? The Sandman. James Sands, there you have it. Let's keep the goals coming as we run it back. Rokash Bukstash, Herc, an 18-year-old who's played for the U.S. under 15s and under 20s, scored twice over the weekend for Hajduk Split in the Croatian top flight. Look at that little scissor kick right there. This kid's a teenager, already six goals, two assists in first team action this season. Not a bad day at the office. Through the fog, too. Pukstas was part of the United States under 20 team that dominated CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. There you see him, the 18-year-old ball in the top flight in Croatia. Jonathan David, a brace for Lille in their 2-0 victory over Strasbourg on Sunday. Now 14 on the season, Herc. You're telling me he's good at penalty kicks? Mm-hmm. Huh. Oh, get it! Get it in! Uh, listen, this is already what we know about Jonathan David. We know he's a goal scorer. We know he can do these things. We know he can do it at the Ligue 1 level. Nothing new. Tim Weah started at left back in that game, playing a full 87 minutes. Bolarin Balogun, another goal for the US-England-Nigeria Trinat. 15 on the season for Rams. They won 4-0 on Sunday. Bolarin, 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 the gun has done it again! The gun has done it again! That's all he does is score goals. Balogun leads the league in scoring. There is talk, Herc, of an England call-up, so watch out. In La Liga, Real Betis won 3-2. Over Almeria on Saturday, Andres Guardado, the 36-year-old veteran of five World Cups with El Tri, started, played the full 90, got a yellow card, and got the game-winning goal. Here's Guardado after the match. Sí, bueno, la verdad que también como tú dices, primero a mí me, me da mucha alegría siempre marcar. Es verdad que en los últimos años mi, mi labor dentro del campo ha cambiado mucho, pero, pero bueno, siempre marcar un gol te, te da esa motivación y esa ilusión de seguir trabajando, de seguir sintiéndote importante dentro del equipo y, y bueno, aprovechando uno los minutos que, que a uno le da, ¿no? Right, that wasn't the only goal by a Mexican in Europe. No, Santiago Jimenez with his fifth Eredivisie goal of the season, 10th across all competitions. For Feyenoord, it came in a 2-1 win over Hirenbeen on Sunday. Look at the way he brings that in, then brings the player out, creates the space. This is training ground stuff. This is uh, excellent from Santiago Jimenez who keeps on improving. Here's Santi post-match. How do you feel you're improving in your time at Feyenoord at the moment? A lot, a lot. I think uh, to change league, uh, a new new country, uh, the culture, I think all is new for us, well for me. And I love, I love the Netherlands and I, I need to to keep going and this is not, not the end, this is the beginning. So I will try to push my best uh, so then I can be myself in the top. Yeah, because the trainer told us, physically, you have to improve, you have to improve. Uh, do you feel it physically as well? Yeah, yeah, physical, 
uh, 100% sure. I, when I came, I was not that good that the coach uh, told me this. And I keep working the double time in the afternoon, in the morning to to increase my physical, and now I feel very good. Is that the main difference with Mexico, that you have to um, run a lot of meters without the ball when the opponent has the ball? I think um, they are really similar leagues, but uh, the difference in Mexico, I think the striker is more only to attack, you know? And and here the striker is the first defender, so then you need to run a lot, and then when you got the ball, uh, sometimes you don't have more energy, you know? But now that I feel uh, physically 100%, now I can defend and then attack. Right, let's go Eredivisie to Syria. An L3 showdown. First place Napoli against last place Cremonese. Chucky Lozano starting for Napoli. Johan Vasquez in the starting 11 for Cremonese. Ninth minute. Cremonese on the attack. Johan Vasquez the shot. Chucky the save. Oh, come on, Chucky. It's to Paisano. To Paisano. Let him go. Unbelievable hustle there from the Napoli winner to deny Johan. Work. Four minutes later. Vasquez getting into the mix with his countrymen and he gets a yellow card for his efforts, Herc. Yeah, is it me or they had a lot of like 1v1 altercations? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Another one here in the second half. What do you think? Should have been another yellow. Uh, that should have been a red. Straight red. Yeah. Came over the top of him. I think he got lucky there. Vasquez would uh, stay on and avoid expulsion. Late in the game, Napoli up 2-0. Elmas gonna make it 3-0. Napoli cruise, they are now 15 points clear of second place Inter Milan after the victory. Cremonese still last place in Serie A. 0.0 wins so far this season. All right, Herc, we just saw quite a bit of impressive action from Europe and it got us thinking, who does Hercules Gomez think are the top five attacking players in all of CONCACAF. So right why don't now. you give it to us? Right now. Right now, right, right now, this moment. Right now. Not historically good, not talent level of mm -hmm. the moment. Prisoners right, of producer the moment. Producer Beto, let's roll the clips. Number five. Ricardo Pepe. Now, I listen. Ricardo Pepe is number five. Uh, why is he number five? Probably the only bright spot for Groningen this season. They're probably gonna get relegated and not anything Ricardo Pepe uh, can really do about it. Despite his best efforts, we've already talked about what does he have, seven goals this season uh, on a very bad Groningen team. Mm -hmm. uh, he seems to have found his form. So he's at number five right now. Number four. Now this is very recency bias, okay? But it's mm -hmm. Giovanni Reina, three goals in the last four games, mind you, all coming off the bench, all types of goals, golazo some of them. Just straight world-class bangers. Keeps showing up time and time again from the bench. He's still not 100%, so I'm eager to see what 100% is for Giovanni Reina. Finally got his start over the weekend. Finally got his start. We've been, we've been screaming for it here on Football That's America. right. Number three. Goals only off the bench. For Santiago Jimenez. El Bebote. Chaquito. Hey, did, did Mao did Mao never had to get the tattoo, He never right? got the tattoo. He skated. Yeah, look, he, he, he's your leading goal scorer in Europa uh -huh. League. He's got five in league play. He's got one in cup. Mm -hmm. uh, Double digits keeps, now. He keeps getting better cups. and better. And the majority of these play or his play is off the bench. You heard him talking about his improvement. I really think this is your nine going forward. If you're L3, you have to bank on him. You have to 
roll the die, dice, mm -hmm. excuse me, and, and see where it takes you with this player because he truly is special and he's coming to his own. He's only 20 years old. I mean, give me yep. a break. Number two, let's go. Jonathan David. 14 league goals. Mm. <laughs> I, it's not just like one hit wonder. He, he did it last year. He had big teams after him like Arsenal, big teams after him like Atletico, at least mm -hmm. in the orbit of. Uh, he is at one point was the best nine in CONCACAF for my money. He's just a player that does it all. I could say very little about Jonathan David and all of it or very little of it will be negative. All of it will be positive. He is that guy. Um, and who could actually beat him? Well, number one. Now, put an asterisk on this if you want, but Folarin, mm -hmm. Balogun, the gun. Asterisk, the gun. obviously, yes. Asterisk, obviously, because he does hold an English passport. There is mm -hmm. talk about him getting an English call-up. Uh, does hold, he's a tree nat, you said? Yes, CONCACAF eligible, we'll call him. He's CONCACAF eligible. Uh, 15 goals this season, what he's doing, the way he's doing it. Now, I don't want to say he's a one-hit wonder because mm -hmm. it prove that you're not you have to do it for multiple seasons mm -hmm. but everything we've seen from him everybody we talk to Julian Laurent uh, our colleague over in the UK absolutely loves this kid his movement his finishability the nose for goal this is insane but in Ligue 1 where players like Kylian Mbappe Lionel Messi and Neymar where they where they ply their trade mm -hmm. you have two CONCACAF attackers right now that have more goals than him, and he's leading the way. It truly is something special, so it remains to be seen where he will land, uh, mm -hmm. whatever country that is, but for the time being, CONCACAF eligible. Okay, so I'm looking at this list of five, Hark. I'm looking at this list of five. I got, uh, all right, a couple guys playing in the French League, a couple guys playing in the Dutch League, one guy playing in the German League, Yeah. okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and only Santiago Jimenez of those players is playing on a team that right now leads his league. And he is starting, at least, at least in the last couple weeks. Okay. He's getting more and more minutes, okay? Now, none of those leagues, with the exception of Germany and it's arguable, are on the level of Syria. And none of the teams that we've talked about are on the level of Napoli, who are running away with the Italian top flight. I think we just said it. 15 points to second place. One of the best teams, Herc, in all of Europe. Not just based on the table, based on how they've played in European competition and Chucky Lozano is now a day-in, day-out starter. Four straight starts for Napoli. And he can't get into your top those What other CONCACAF player is starting and has a bigger role in attack on a better team than Chucky Lozano? Give me, give me those stats in those four games. In those four games? Ah, oh, we, we can't fall in love with stats here. I thought you were anti-stat. No, what I'm do you an want? attacker. That's the only thing that matters is the stats when no you're an attacker. No goals. That's the only thing that matters. Well, that's the only thing that matters if you're an attacker. It's the only thing that matters. No, please. Please. Being a starter on one of the top teams in the world? Seth, you got it. You got it. You have some, have some respect for that. Have some respect for yourself. Give me the stats. Four wins in a row. Four starts in a row. <laughs> okay. Zero goals. You know what? Three goals, three assists. It didn't hurt me to keep Chucky Chucky. off the list, or Chucky mm -hmm. off the list, excuse me. You know what hurt me? Uh, keeping two players. Uh, one player, Geraldo Becker, a uh, Suriname player for Union Berlin, uh, oh, okay. keeping him off the list. That That's right there, probably out of the box. But more than that, Henry Martin. Keeping mm. Henry Martin off the list. That really hurt me because I identify with Henry a lot. Right. Uh, Henry's in the... Best form of his life right now. Last season, 10 goals, okay? Mm -hmm. And then he had some games in there that were Real Madrid scored against them, Man City scored against them, went to the World Cup, scored a goal there as well. This season, in six weeks, he scored seven goals. He mm -hmm. leads 
Liga so why you, got Pepe, why you got Pepe above him? Pepe plays in the Eredivisie. Oh, it's a better league than Liga Mekis. Yes. Groningen's a better team than America. No, but it's a better league. No, please. Not he's as not, competitive a league. He's not please. playing against Groningen. Please. That's not he's as competitive with a league. Groningen. No chance. No chance. <laughs> Seb, what's a better league? Liga Mekis is a better league. More competitive league. Way harder for Henry Martin to score in Liga Mekis than for Ricardo Pepe to score at Groningen. Josie Altidore scored 30 goals in the Eredivisie. How much more of the show do we have, producer? Because this is like walking out like material right now. This is this is this is walking out material right mm -hmm. now for me. Mm -hmm. Like what, what's going on? He's gonna, you're gonna say Liga Mekis is better than Eredivisie. Henry Martin better than Pepe. Yes. Are, are you gonna, so why, so why you, why you then why if you love Henry Martin so much why'd you leave him out for Pepe? Because of where they play. That's why. It, it matters. It factors in. So no player from MLS or Liga Mekis could really be in this top five then, basically. You well, disrespect not, not, the leagues. Not with the these leagues options. that made you Hercules Gomez. Not, not with these options. If I, if I was a good or mid-level or great player, it will not stop me from being a great analyst. That's all I got to tell you. Mm. So you should take that to heart as well. And anybody who wants to throw dirt out there, like just get your head out of that sand mm -hmm. and concentrate for a second on who these players are and where they're at. Mm -hmm. I love me some Henry Martin, but don't compare Feyenoord to Club America right now. They're, I, calling it a, they're calling it a Farmer's League. Or Farmer's League. Oh, speaking of, Eredivisie is available on uh, ESPN+. And we got a great weekend schedule available for you right here on the platform. Ricardo, Pepe, and Kronigan on Saturday morning. Then we got Feyenoord and Ased. That's number one versus number two. Ajax are third, PSV are fourth. They are both in action, respectively, on Sunday. So a Huge weekend in the Eredivisie right here on ESPN+. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. According to a report in The Guardian, Southampton held talks with Jesse Marsh today about their managerial vacancy. Southampton right now last in the Premier League. They just sacked Nathan Jones after losing seven of eight in league play. Herc, should Jesse Marsh take the Southampton job if offered? Yes. Call me crazy, but yes. Think about this for a second, okay? Southampton is a historically um, mm -hmm. good fan base, historically great uh, academy team that over the years, over the years, excuse me, has tried to build. A system actually based off 
the Red Bull way. That high press, frantic pace, that was the model. Fire the coach who was there. Uh, Jones comes in. He had something like 90 days. He's gone. But essentially, the pieces are there for Jesse Marsh, and they're kind of perfectly made for one another. This is a situation where I, I think it's a win-win if they give him time. Now, what does time mean? Time means even if they get relegated, they give him the opportunity to coach the team in the championship to try to bring them back up. I really think with the pieces that are already there, that play mm -hmm. that system, Jesse Marsh could potentially get something out of them, show something, if not get back next season with that parachute payment. And also, by the way, Jesse Marsh has been in this situation before. He took over for a Bielsa relegated zone team and saved them. He knows what this is about. Now, there are two franchises, two clubs right now that are almost in the same boat, okay? Nobody's betting a dime on either one. Jesse Marsh, a few months ago, was a prime candidate that everybody wanted for the U.S. men's national team. Today, people are thinking twice about this. I really think this is a win-win for both. So Jesse Marsh doesn't seem to me to be the guy to walk away from an opportunity just because it's not ideal, right? He doesn't seem to be the guy who would be scared of an opportunity. But if I put myself in his shoes, I might be scared of this, Herc. I might look at Southampton and say, this is not going to end well for me. I'm going to get sacked again here. I'm probably not going to keep this team up. It's going to look like not just a second straight Premier League failure, but a third straight European failure. What does that do to my job prospects, not just at the club level, but potentially internationally? Herc, let me put you in Jesse Marsh's shoes. What if it is an either or? What if it is either roll the dice right now, take this Southampton job, or commit to being the U.S. manager? What would you do if you were in his shoes? If I wanted a career longevity in the European game as a club coach, I'd take Southampton. I, I think it's... Uh, Turn down your national team, even though we know Jesse Marsh wants that. He says he wants it. If he really wanted it that bad, he'd be there already. There would be no ifs, ands, or buts. He'd already be there because I think if Jesse Marsh wants a job, the powers that be today would give him the job. I really do. I don't know how attractive this job is to Jesse Marsh today. I mean, it's, it's less attractive than the Southampton job. I mean, down the road, I think this is an attractive job for Jesse Marsh. Today, I think mm -hmm. Jesse Marsh takes this job. There's very little going back to club soccer at that level that he would want. Sure. At that Premier League level, if you will. I, I, I don't know if this, this, this is too good to give up. Now, you, sure. you talked about the consecutive failures. I think that window with other clubs is closed. I think this may be one of the few chances he has of right. opening, the, opening right. that back up. Like the win one window is going to close here, right? Potentially the national team window, which I think we assume with Jesse Marsh would probably open back up. He's a young guy with a decent resume sure. uh, at this point. But the other window, if that closes, it could close for good. I don't know that all Europe would close for good, but once you're off that Premier League radar, Herc, you got to think, right, like it would be tough for him to break back in. This, this might be the last chance saloon in terms of a, a Premier League job. Uh, I think so. Uh, I, I think this is the last chance he'll have at the Premier League job, unless he can go back to the Bundesliga and prove himself there, or Eredivisie, or anywhere else and prove himself uh, in a good platform. I, I think this is uh, one of those daggers. All right, speaking of coaches, Herc, who are looking for work, Raul Potro Gutierrez of Cruz Azul, I should say X of Cruz Azul, they lost 3-1 against Toluca on Sunday, leaving them 17th out of 18 teams in Liga MX. Cruz Azul have zero wins from their first five games. 
Gutierrez, of course, uh, taking over last year on an interim basis before getting the full-time job, Cruz Azul, without a manager after sacking El Potro Gutierrez. Liga Mekis, of course, available for you on ESPN Plus this week, Wednesday night. Rayados against Querétaro. Coverage starts 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Plus and ESPN Deportes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for our interview with Gerdan Shakiri. Shakiri. Jerdan Shakiri of the Chicago Fire joining us next here on Football Americas. Jerdan, great to have you with us. This is the first Thank time guys, we're in pleasure, person. Man. We're always kind of on a laptop. Yeah. Good to see you. <laughs> pleasure, guys. Pleasure <laughs> to see you, man. So one of the first times he was on the show, he remembered a yeah. segment that we did right. when he first signed with Chicago Fire. And he said, I don't know which of these two no, guys. He said, no, he said, those are the guys. He said, <laughs> one, of these, guys. one of these two <laughs> guys was critical of my signing. And I want to say, for the yeah. record, it, it was Herc. It yeah. was Herc. It was this guy. Oh, you were a smaller guy. It was this guy. Yeah, I know. We all look the same, I guess. (laughs) Um, So we'll talk about Chicago Fire in a second, but you're coming off a World Cup, man. Uh, What was your experience like in Qatar? Uh, You know, a World Cup to experience is always special, you know, for every player. And especially for me, it's always, you know, for my country, it's something very special. Because you represent your country and, uh, yeah, you want to do well. um, You want to be successful. and, And I enjoyed every game, to be honest. Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, Jordan Shakiri, the only players who score in three consecutive mm. World Cups. What does that mean to you? Yeah, it's for sure something very special for me and uh, to be with this kind of big names, uh, you know, on the list. Um, how I said before, you know, it's always special to score in the World Cup and uh, to do it that in a row is even something special. You can see how people, you know, take it and uh, yeah, you are in the books. It's something uh, nobody can take, you, take it away from you. And uh, yeah, no, I've, I'm very proud uh, that, that uh, I achieved that because it's also something not, you know, you cannot achieve that every day. 
especially the World Cup is every few years. And uh, yo, no, I'm very proud. And uh, yeah, I hope many more is going to come. So <laughs> we were watching the tournament. We were in Qatar as well. And we actually had a little side bet of who would get through in your group. We thought okay. Brazil surely would get through. <laughs> I said Serbia. He said Switzerland. So oh. I owe him some money. I owe him some oh. money on that one. Yeah, um, tell me about that Serbia-Switzerland game, the intensity yeah. of that game. Because we know there's a Crazy. rivalry. We know there's a lot of history there. But then also you have a game that is basically an elimination game in the World Cup. It wasn't, but it felt like it. What was that game like? You know, a lot of people were talking about this game, you know, the newspapers, but we played already in 2018 against uh, each other, you know, so it was milder, you know, it was not so a lot of tension like 2018, you know, both teams handled the, the, the media stuff very well. Uh, us as a team also, we dealt very well. We were like really concentrated, me by myself too. I, want, I just wanted to, to, to make a good performance and we knew we had to win the game if you want to go through and that was even more special so um, uh, yeah you saw there was a, a few tension in the games but by myself I stayed very cool and I wanted to show with my football skills you know uh, and I wanted to decide the game with my team so in the end of the day we won the game we went through and this is was the most important thing really quickly uh, many people had their opinions on this World Cup if it was as Johnny Infantino called it, the greatest World Cup ever. Did you think it was the greatest World Cup ever? For me, yes. For me, yes. Not the only the organization, but also the, the quality in the game. Hmm. Everybody was talking, okay, November, December, you know, um, how it's going to be. But for me, it was, it was in the end the right, because you see the quality till in the end of the tournament, how, how, how far the quality went. So we know normally the, the, the World Cup is always in the summer. So everybody plays the whole season. Uh, okay, depend on MLS is different a bit, but like the most of the guys in Europe, they play the whole season and the World Cup is in the summer. So everybody is tired, you know, you get more injuries also. And for me, it was also, I was surprised to be honest that the, the, the quality of the game stayed very high till yeah. in, in the end, you know, and the final was um, something unbelievable. That, you know? that final, what side of the camp were you on? Was it, what was more of a story for you? Messi finally getting that World Cup or Kylian Mbappe, hat trick and how young he is and what he's already done, what he's already accomplished? No, for me it was most important to enjoy the final, you know, as a, as a, yeah, as a fan too, because uh, we watched all the games and uh, it was so something special to watch the game, how we went like back and forth, you know, and uh, the quality, how I said before, it was very high, you know, till in the end, extra time and everything, you know. So, um, yeah, it was for me also the best World Cup so far. Let's talk Chicago Fire. What are your expectations for this season? Man, to be honest, the expectations are uh, high. Um, uh, as we know, last year we didn't make the playoff. Uh, I was very uh, not happy. Um, this is pretty normal. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we have to change things. And uh, we are doing it slowly, slowly. And then uh, we're going to go this season. And we're going to try, first of all, to make the playoffs. But for me, must be a basics in the few years to do every year the, the the playoffs because we know if you go to the playoffs everything can happen but you can go out straight away but for me it has to be a basic to go to the playoffs end but we need some changes 
and uh, I think the, the people behind it doing it slowly, slowly, and but we're going to do it. What are those changes? Yeah, a few things, you know, only uh, sportive too, uh, get new, new players in, uh, get uh, players in with experience more, you know, of course we have a good team, uh, we have uh, a lot of young players in the team, you know, are very talented, I like them a lot, but not only talent wins championship, we know that, so we need more experienced players and uh, who can help around the team. The, the the youngsters, you know, and we are Chicago. Eh? We are a big city, and we have a big sports city. We know how Chicago Fire was uh, so successful. 2000s, yeah. Yes, early 2000, and uh, I want to bring that back. But for this, you need also uh, a very good team who who you can compete against the best. Yeah. Before we leave, uh, it's Messi, Cristiano, Jaren Shakiri three World Cups in a row. Are you looking to make it four? <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. I'm looking forward. Uh, you know, we never know about football what happened. Uh, this kind of uh, decisions we have to make always slowly and... Uh, You'll be, what, 35 for the next World Cup? <laughs> You'll be 35 years old? Yeah. Yeah, that's young. Yeah. That's young. No, that's I'm, young. I'm, that's I'm what Messi good, was. Man. I'm yeah. feeling good and fit, so... Um, I. I wish I can make it there. Yeah, I hope. All right. It's only three and a half years. But I'm looking. I'm looking forward, yeah. and uh, yeah, I hope I can score again. Yeah, <laughs> and you won't have to travel far because it's right here uh, no, in exactly, the United yeah. States. Home. <laughs> there he is, uh, Jeran Shakir of the Chicago Fire. Great to have you with us here on Football Americas. Thanks Thank for the time. Guys. Thanks for Pleasure, making man. me some money, Thank man. You, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, one of our favorite interviews, no doubt, from MLS Media they Day. There, uh, Hercules Gomez, and he did win you some money with that big uh, Switzerland over Serbia bet. He did. He did. One of the few uh, that you've won here on Football yeah, America. He hates you, by the way. Yes. He, he really yeah. does not like you. From our <laughs> last one, our last interview to this one, when he found out you bet against him mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Switzerland. But yeah, always a a fun interview with with yep. Jared it's, it's crazy. We, we mentioned it in the interview, but Cristiano, Messi, the only two players to have scored in the last three World Cups. It, it sounds easy. It's very easy to say, but it shows how important he is to his national team and the level he's played at. Yep, sounds like he's got some big expectations this year for Chicago Fire as well. Time for our parting shot. Alex Morganherk has been named a finalist for the FIFA Best Award. She's one of three finalists along with Beth Mead of England and Alexia Putelas of Spain. How do you like her chances? Uh, difficult. Uh, golden boot, NWSL, uh, Beth Mead, golden boot in the Euros. Her team won the Euros. It, it's going to be a very difficult one. Put- Putelas uh, torn ACL right now. I think it'll be Alex coming in second place in the voting. So a lot of people questioning Morgan's spot as a finalist. I thought that was harsh. Uh, definitely with the, the golden boot in the NWSL, you mentioned 15 goals in 17 yeah. games. Incredibly efficient. And again, not to take anything away from you know what's happening in the other parts of the world, but the NWSL is the most competitive league. So, so she did what you. she did in the most competitive so league. So says it's you. No doubt about it. So the NWSL is the you. most competitive Champions league in the world. Champions League is not more there competitive than There is not a NWSL? European domestic league that is close. Champions League? Maybe close. NWSL still more competitive. Yeah. Why is the MVP of the NWSL till not you there? Get, hey, till you get to the court, go look at some. Go look at Why some of the knockout the round matchups in Champions League. Why is the NWSL not there, Sebi? You're gonna see. You're gonna see, Herc. You're gonna see. Two legs that are like 16 to 1. So don't tell me about how competitive. All I keep hearing from you mm-hmm. is that the U.S. women are the best in the world. Yes. There are far too few, far too little top 50 American players a disrespect. Did you just see the pro list for the U.S. women? Not enough in Only the top Only two 10. Americans on them. I think it's you that's not respecting the rest of the world, Seb. No. 
Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, Alex Morgan and Kelly O'Hara on the FIF Pro list for best 11 in the world. I promise at the top of the show, her, a She Believes Cup parlay for the good people at home. Brazil, Japan on Thursday's the opener. Brazil, plus 155. USA, Canada, we like that one. That's the second game. USA, minus 125. You combine them, you get a payout of about plus 360. So Brazil to win, U.S. to win. Make it a parlay Thursday night, plus 360. You got me there, Herc? Did you write that all down? I did. Brazil okay. to win, U.S. to win. That Canada game is going to be tricky. Very tricky. Ooh. That's right. Tension between the Canadian women and their federation, something I'm sure we will discuss down the road here on Football Americas. On Thursday, we will have the full recap of all the action from the She Believes Cup doubleheader. Plus, plenty more, including an interview with the pride of DC United's academy, Kevin Paredes, now falling out in the Bundesliga. Herc, nice shirt, not nearly as nice as mine. I'll see you in 72 hours. What is that, a medium? I didn't know they made those in kids' sizes. Yes.